Welcome to the Super Sentai Brothers. This is episode 35 of The Spy Who Loved Mega Ranger, the internet's best and only podcast dedicated to Denji Sentai Mega Ranger. Every week we watch an episode of the show and we share our thoughts with you, the listener. My name is Matt J. With me as always is my co-host and brother Dave. Dave, how are you doing today? I'm doing pretty well, man. Doing pretty well. Just hanging out. Kind of tired, cool. honestly, but... Chilling. Yeah, uh, you know we are we are in Cleveland this week, enjoying some beautiful weather. Um, although we, what what I've realized is that we are at the time of year where it takes me about three days to remember that in my thirties I developed late seasonal allergies. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> and it's they kind of only kick in like right about now and then like by the time i finally get around to go into the store to like pick something up for them like they're basically gone right um but there's just like this one week of itchy eyes and sneezing man i'm sorry about your i'm sorry about that man i did okay i have this one of the thing i've been trying to like figure out a way to work it into the conversation uh there's not like an easy transition into this and it's so fast it's not even a star but the twins have those like expandy crawly kid tunnels. You know the ones I'm talking about. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. I remember those. So right, like all tons of kids have them. They're great. Um, but what my kids have started doing is like they crawl into them and then stand up and then like walk around, like shuffle around with them, with like one open end of the tube on the ground and then one end like up around their face like a hood. And the only okay. thing I can ever, the only, like, they're just playing a dumb game. But the only thing I could ever think of is, like, God Emperor of Dune, Leo Atreides II. <laughs> <laughs> it's just, just, like, just tiny, I know he's not Shy Hulud, but, like, just, like, tiny sandworms, like, walk, sandworm human hybrids walking around my house. Um, anyways, it's a real trip. Uh, you know what else is a real trip, Dave? Actually, this episode is not that trippy, but if it was, this would have been a great uh That would have uh, been, transition. but it's a good episode. It is. It's a yes, fun episode. We are back in the pocket. It's a fun episode, I will say. Uh, it is episode 35. It's called Overcome Mega Silver's Greatest Crisis, uh, written by Yasuko Kobayashi, original air date October 19th, 1997. And we're going to talk about it, Dave, but of course, before we get into that, we have our officially award-winning opening segment... Dave, shining in the heavens, there are five stars. Would you like to hear what our first star of the week is? Yeah, Matt, you messaged me about it earlier today, and I have genuinely been burning with curiosity this whole time. Okay, so... As I mentioned earlier, we have been enjoying some nice weather in Cleveland. And so, earlier, uh, it was either today or yesterday, I forget, actually. Um, I, I went outside in the afternoon to enjoy a cup of coffee on my front porch. Love it. You know, just to sort of soak it in for a little bit before I sat back down on my desk and went to work uh, on a new thing. And as I was sitting out front, uh, the the street that I live on, there's a lot of like cars that park on the street all the time because I live in an apartment-heavy neighborhood. Yeah. Um, and so nobody has garages. And so this car pulls up into a parking spot. Windows rolled down. Um, and just kind of blasting... The last 15 seconds of Santeria by Sublime. Okay. And then, 
As soon as the song was over, he like pulled out of the parking spot that he had pulled into and drove away. And I don't know if he was just like dissatisfied with that parking spot and wanted to find a new one, but I really enjoyed it because A, this feels like a classic, like an old school style uh, Super Sentai Brothers, like five stars star of like observing a weird thing out in the world in a way that I've not been able to do in a long time. Man, I forgot Uh, that that used to be sort of like a regular bit. Remember Highway Pirates? Yeah, dude. You would just like see a weird thing in the world and we'd talk about it. But now I don't see things anymore, except that I did. And it was this, and it was great. And the other great thing about it is that like 15 seconds is like the exact amount of time that I want to hear Santeria by Sublime. Right? Like, you're not right. You're like, not right at all. What are you talking about? That's a great song. I feel like it kind of overstays its welcome. Like, I'm not always... I Okay, here's what I'll say. I'm not always in the mood to listen to the full song Santeria by Sublime, but there's never a moment in which I hear 15 seconds of it, and I'm not a little happy. Uh, you know? Man, listen, I, I fully understand the words you're just saying, and I can even... I can follow your your thought process, but uh, hard, hard disagree. Hard disagree. All right. Well, I, I guess that's where we'll. I guess that's where we'll leave that. Uh, Dave, um, what is our second star of the week? Let me check our list here. Oh, the second star is another one of mine. Yep. Dave, today, uh, April twenty. Or I'm sorry, March twenty third, as we record this. Uh, I got the first shot of the Pfizer vaccine. Matt, that is fantastic. I am. Thrilled to report it. Um, I'm doing my best to stick the landing. I can see in the video that you are currently singing along to what I can only imagine is Santeria by Sublime. But I'm well, going to continue I, talking. That, I'm, I'm mouthing as along though that. You're I'm bopping with that. Um, yeah, so Ohio, in a kind of confusing, poorly worded announcement yesterday, yeah. uh, the governor was like, hey... I know we said that on March 29th, people 16 years old and older could get the vaccine. But today, if there are open appointments or like extra appointments and you can get them, just take them. Um, No, I think this is a great one because I've been hearing a lot about this. mm -hmm. We're just like people, there's doses around and like, you know, they have like a shelf life. Yeah, yeah. And they're just kind of inadvertently expiring before people can get them because you know whatever so i think it's just like listen you know just go for it just go for it just everybody if you can get one get one just everybody sign up like we're at the point where we have enough just go for it yeah and so i signed up and what's funny is that like i have a lot of friends in the like you know under 40 not a teacher or medical healthcare worker yeah. like category, you know, so like the last category of people to get it. Oh, like yes. I just you yeah. know a lot of people in that category and all of us were like, yeah, you know, when it eventually becomes available, we will hop on that as quickly as we can. We've been saying this for like months. We're like, we yeah. know we're last in line, but as soon as we can get it, you know, we'll look forward to that. And like within 12 hours of that announcement, <laughs> like, half of those people had either already gotten the shot or, like, 
signed up Gotten for there. you know getting one the next day like dude we i love just, it like, like jumped on it immediately like I... with a force and effectiveness that i genuinely did not anticipate out of that group of people <laughs> I am actually, I am stoked. I think Ohio's actually been doing a fantastic job of the vaccine rollout. So Yeah, it's it's kind of started in, like, there was a hitch in the middle where it seemed not to be going anywhere for a while. But once they got over that hump, like, everything seems to be going good, which is great. Yep. Thrilled about that. Um, But then I was out for a walk afterwards, because I took the whole morning off. So I get home. I have some leftover pizza for lunch. Love it. I go for like a nice walk up to the lake to sort of like enjoy the afternoon before I sit down and do some work. And overhead, I see this like enormous hawk just like circling like up in the trees above me. Okay. Like while I'm on the walk. Yeah, you you see like it's right up by Lake Erie. Like there's a park there. You see cool birds sometimes. But I did have this brief moment of like, I have stayed inside and safe from this terrible plague for a full calendar year plus. It would be genuinely hilarious if on the day I got the vaccine, I was just murdered by a hawk. (laughs) 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 Like completely unrelated. I did everything right. I get the vaccine and then like... Alanis Morissette style irony, just like a hawk dives out of the sky and gets me. Okay, uh, glad it didn't happen. Obviously, but so th- Matt, would have I just want to just want to let you know. I did a quick search to say how many people the hawks kill, and the first article that came up is from 2018. It said hawk attack advice: keep your eyes to the skies. And then no. it said it's actually extremely rare. Like hawks do not attack people. You're fine. Yeah, so, I mean, it didn't attack me today, and that's good. Because you know how sometimes you see a bird, and you're like, if it came down to it, I could take that bird. I don't know if you ever think this, but if you just see, like, birds out in the wild, you're like, if that bird attacked me, like, could I beat it, or could I not? And the answer for many birds is, yeah, sure, Listen, a lot of I'm, birds are small. I'm familiar with the bones. train of thought, man. I, I don't yeah. know that I have that specific thought. I, I follow you. But a hawk? Well, you know, some hawks some hawks aren't big, and you yeah. know, like, but even the dodge, small ones, Matt. Anyway, there would be no question with this one if this one put its mind to it, and I couldn't like get under something. Uh, this was a this was a large creature. I think okay, um, Matt. I'm going to be honest. I think it would be a a question of nerves first mm-hmm. of all, and then also I think it would really just you you would probably win, but you would definitely not come out of it. Uh, un- you would be extremely scathed. Right. Is what I'm saying. Extremely skate. It's just so, yeah, extraordinarily skate. But I think ultimately you would probably be victorious. Yeah, I mean, if I can get a hold of it, that's that's always the question. It's can the you thumbs. Get a hold you got opposable thumbs, man. Yeah. Of course, a anyway. hawk also sort of has opposable thumbs, and its, it's thumb has a giant, t- just a, such a yeah. large talon. Yeah. No, it wouldn't be a fun afternoon for me. It would certainly put a damper on my otherwise cool day. Uh, Dave, what is our third star of the week? So our third star of the week, Matt, we were just having a chat about it, and I thought it was uh, fun and interesting. I'm still playing Cyberpunk 2077, having a blast, and I can recommend... So I'm kind of doing a totally different playthrough now, and I am really, like, really genuinely impressed at the degree to which the game feels very, very different. You know, I'm doing the same thing, and I have 
Um, I think maybe to a lesser degree because I'm not as far into my replay. Um, but yeah, I have noticed that as well. You know, the thing that really surprises me is that I feel like something that was a um, a common criticism of the game. I mean, there were a lot of criticisms of yes, the game, and yeah. rightly so. It was a deeply broken game when it was on when it was released. But one of the criticisms of it was that. Um, you know, you can pick one of the three backgrounds, like Corpo, yeah. uh, Street Kid, or Nomad. And they're like, well, you have like this like brief opening mission that's different with all three of those, but then otherwise it has no effect on the course of the game. And the thing that I've discovered is that like that's well, yes true no. in a story sense, but it is not true in like a character flavor sense because oh, yeah. throughout the game there are always options they're like pretty regularly dialogue options that you only get if you come from that particular background yeah and i would like, there's dialogue pick those options yeah just there's to, like that. This, you know oh yeah always there's like a bunch of options that you only get if you have like attributes that are at certain levels um there's a lot yeah, of so, stuff like that yeah so the missions themselves aren't any different but like the conversations that you have throughout the missions and like the way in which your character seems to be processing the world around them is like noticeably different in a way that I am finding very refreshing. Yeah. Well, and now I can tell you, Matt, because I am a little bit further into my second run, I think than you are. And you just have to like, you just got to give it a little bit for everything to kind of like come online for like the diff- the differences cuz the early on in the game it's just like all right man just like get a pistol or a machine gun and you're just going to like run in and like try and to shoot the guys best. and it's yeah and it's like do your best and it's all going to kind of look the same and then you know obviously it's like every game it's like every game right like the first 5 levels of every single D&D game are always like kind of the exact same cuz like there's only so many ways that you can build like a first level fighter you know and like just like a first level fighter is going to be a first level fighter. Like if you're a first level wizard, you're going to have like three cantrips and like two spells. And it's, you know, like it's always going to kind of look the same. And then, you know, by the time you hit like seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, 11, you've picked some different stuff and you have your individual equipment or like whatever it is. And then you really, it really starts to differentiate. Right, right, right. So anyways, I'm still having a blast with it. I guess there's a new patch that's supposed to be coming out, which is fixing driving, which is awesome because the driving in that game is terrible. Um, oh, I never yeah. drive the cars. driving, the driving the in that pulling. game is so bad that like there is an entire side quest thread of like doing street races, and I got like halfway through the first one and quit and never did another one. <laughs> <laughs> I did beat it just to do it. Um, if you have bikes, the bikes are fine, but the cars were terrible. Anyways, having a blast. Looking forward to more stuff for it coming out. What, Matt? It's our fourth star of the week. Fourth star of the week is another video game thing, Dave, is that I have, after uh, taking some time off from it, I have picked back up uh, Animal Crossing. It's the one-year anniversary of the game coming out, and the game sort of changes seasonally. It's The game exists in right, real Right, because it's in real time. and Yeah. And so now that spring has sprung, I'm like, oh, I'll hop back into the game and sort of, you know, see how things are going, see what's new, see how all my little friends are doing, and also take the opportunity to, like, really kind of, like, take my, uh, take the island down to studs and, like, sort of rebuild it from scratch, like, move all the buildings around. That's a real mood for you these days, isn't it? Well, that's the thing, is, like... Right now, and I think we'll talk about this in a minute, like, right now, like, my brain is kind of in, like, 
home renovation mode, but I have contractors who are like in the house a lot. Right. So I can't just like roll in and do stuff myself because it's like an active work zone. And although it's my house, it is their active work zone. So yeah, like, no, Matt, I have, depending on how you feel about being in a home renovation mindset, I have good or bad news for you. Uh, you will never stop now. This is just this is just where you live now. Heads up. Well, I, I I'm hoping that if I do enough home renovation stuff all at the beginning, I can kind of get a head start on like, you know what I mean? Like sort of get out ahead of it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're I mean you're cutting yourself an extra long wick. That's for sure, Matt. I just want you. I just need you to be aware. I would feel irresponsible as your loving brother if I didn't tell you this. You cut yourself an extra long wick, but it it is burning. It is okay. burning. This is just uh, yeah. well. Uh, I would thank you for telling me that, but I am not grateful. Anyway, <laughs> uh, what's, what's really fun about Animal Crossing right now, though, is that uh, Katie, our sister, has recently picked it up. Um, and she is sort of getting into the game for the first time now. And what is fun about that is that I have not seen... Like, I, I've talked to Katie on the phone, but, like, I haven't, like, seen Katie or, like, hung out with her in a calendar year. Yeah. Because of uh, pandemic-related reasons. Um, but like in Animal Crossing, you can like go visit your friends and like go to their island and run around and see what they're doing and like see their little like customized villager that looks like a cartoon version of them and like wave to them. And it's really nice. It's just very pleasant. Nice. Yeah, that sounds great. I love it. Yeah. Uh, anyway, Dave, what is our fifth and last star of the week? So it's in a weird spot, Matt, but our fifth star of the week, it's a house update. So you've got a house update this week. Well, yeah, I have a house update, and here's what it is, Matt. So I... Okay, so the other day, I noticed there was a little water on my floor right by my sink. It's like, oh, like as I was going to bed, I was like, oh, that's weird. Must have just like dripped off of something or what have you. No problem. I, I, you can tell where this story is maybe going. I wipe the water up. I wake up in the morning. There's a not, there's maybe like a cup and a half of water on my floor. Maybe like, maybe two cups, okay? Which is not a ton. Except I have wood floors. And the water, it wasn't spilled. There's just like a very slow leak from uh, the pipe, I think, underneath my uh, underneath my sink. And it had just been like, so now this water got into like the subfloor under my kitchen. And, and, and it has like bucked up the boards. Like it has swelled uh, and like... Once it has done that, like, that's kind of it. Like, there's not, like, and I had occasion to again consider the hubris of not indoor plumbing, well, kind of indoor plumbing, but the hubris of indoor plumbing, like, the of just having, like, you know what, I'm just going to run a b- bunch of pipes through my walls, and I'm going to put water in them, which will destroy my house if it gets out of these pipes. And then I'm just going to push that, I'm going to put enough pressure that it will push that water up, like, 30, 35 feet 
up into my attic and I'm just going to live. That's just where I'm going to live. Like that's going to be fine. And I'm just going to have that. Just to, I would say we're playing with fire, but it's literally the exact opposite. It's from the that. opposite. Yeah. Yeah. It's But also very bad. Um, so anyways, long story short, now I'm like vaguely considering a kitchen renovation. Okay. Well, because here's the thing with a kitchen. The kitchen is like, because there's cabinets in it, it's like an extremely integrated room, right? Right. Like, so like if you have to start taking part of it apart, like it, it kind of makes sense to use that as an opportunity to do other right. stuff. Right. Like well. if I'm going to take the floor up, the only way to get the floor up all the way up if I got to replace the floor, is I got to get the cabinets up. Well, then once the cabinets are up, do I just want to get new cabinets? Like, they're already up, you know? And if I'm going to move the cabinets and the floor's already up, do I just want to move, like, do I want to relocate the stove? Right? Because, like, it's all, like, there's so many bits and bobs. Um, So this would not be, like, a a dream, the dream kitchen renovation. Um, But my kitchen is large, like, as far as footprint goes, but it's very poorly laid out. That That is true. And it's like not, it, like, okay, let me try to, it's not poorly, like, your layout is good. It's like, the, the only way I can think to describe this is weird and wrong, but I think you'll get what I mean, is that the software of your kitchen is good, but the hardware of your kitchen is bad. Like, you have programmed it properly, yeah, no, that's exactly but it. you have, like, system limitations that you want to upgrade. Like, you just need to get some more RAM in there. Yeah, precisely, precisely. Um, So, any, I don't know if anything's going to come of this. Uh, I was looking at some kitchen cabinet builds, and I was like, and the guy was just like, listen, building kitchen cabinets, like, at least the basic version of this, is not actually super hard. And if you have, like, a circular saw and, like, a couple of other things, like, you're probably good. And if you have these other three things, you're, like, really good, in really good shape. And I was like, I have those other three things. That's great. So, and then Beth you was know, like. If you if you want to practice <laughs> and you just come over to my house, because I don't have any cabinets right now. You know, if you just sort of want to, like, build me a series of cabinets, then you'll sort of get it figured out. And then you can go back to your house with the skills and experience you've gotten and build your own. Matt, I may just take you up on that, actually. We'll see. Um, so anyways, I'm vaguely considering this thing. Um, we'll we'll see what comes of it. Um, but that's it. That's my house update. Just, oh, man, water, right? Yeah, like, you dude, need it. Yeah. You got you to have electricity. it. Also electricity. You put water and electricity in the same walls. And also, water and electricity don't go together. Yeah, not at, at all. Man, not at all. If, like, Hydro Man <laughs> and Electro have taught me one thing. Yeah. Man, I speaking of electricity, I am having, like... I've, I mentioned last week that I'm having, like, all of the wiring redone in my house. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I stopped by... The, the new place is, like, less than a mile from where I currently live. So, like... Not every day, but often. I'll just, like, walk over there after work and see how things have been coming along. Like, you know, as the contractors have been in there. Yeah, for sure. And I, and I went in there today. And, like, they, they have not, like, torn out all the old wiring yet. But they have sort of, like, started re... what Like, you know, just rerunning some stuff. And I'm like, oh, like, this switch works now. And it turns on that light. Okay. And then so now I'm just, like, trying to figure out, like these previously inoperable switches and like light fixtures that didn't work like okay these work now but like the the light when you walk in the front door there's like a hanging light 
But the only switch that seems to affect that light is, like, on the second floor down the hall from the stairs. You know, that seems like the sort of thing, if you're rewiring the house anyways, that, like, maybe you could get them to take a look at? I I shot him a text message, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, uh, that's my my end of the house update. Dave, we are going to take a break. We are going to watch episode 35 of Denji Sentai Mega Ranger. Once again, it is titled Overcome Mega Silver's Greatest Crisis. Um, it's all about Mega Silver. I love that guy. Anyway, we're going to talk about it when we come right back. Okay, welcome back. Episode 35 Overcome Mega Silver's Greatest Crisis. At this point in the episode, I've said the title 3 times. I do it every week, and every week I think, that's overkill. I should figure out which one of those to remove, and then I never do. Uh, anyway, Dave, what'd you think? So it was a good episode. Uh, I dug it, obviously. For a, what is obviously a full-length episode, there wasn't, like, a lot of plot in this one? In a weird sort of yeah, way? Yeah, I know what you're saying. Like, like, really, I guess what I'm just saying is, I'm looking at my notes, and my notes are, like, remarkably short. Yeah, I I feel like this episode exists because the writers wanted to, like, deal with a particular hanging thread. Mm. And then they're just like, okay, how do we deal with this? And they just wrote an episode. So, uh, here's what this episode opens up. We're out in nature, and there's this, like, cool energy scythe thing, and it's a mantis Nazare, and he swings his energy scythe, and he shoots a sonic boom, like from Guile. Mm -hmm. Except it's green. And it's like slicey. And he's like, ha ha ha. And we're like, okay, cool. That's the guy for the. Yeah, he has a side that shoots cut lasers. Um, he refers yeah. to it as a sickle, which I hate because it's not. It did um, make me very upset that he called it. Thankfully, he does not like call it by name too many times in the episode, uh, but it was maddening. That's probably just a translation error, frankly. Yeah, so we go from there up to the moon. Mm-hmm. And Kuichiru is in, like, a CAT scan. And we're like, what's going on? And it's like, and then they explain very quickly, it's because of the mega suits. And Dr. Kubota explains, Kenta's like, why do we have to do this? And Dr. Kubota's like, listen, this is still, like, we tested it a bunch, obviously, but this is still, in many ways, like, fairly nascent technology. And so if you use a mega suit, we just need to get you, like, checked out and make sure that it's still operating and, like, everybody's cool. Yeah, so they just got, like, regular physicals. Um, Dr. Kubota looks around and he's like, w- w- wait a second, where is Yusuku? Like, he's the other one of you guys. We also need to be checking him out. Now... It should be noted real quickly that as soon as he says that, Miku in particular, and also Kenta, is just like, wait, so you finally admitted he's in the club. Like, this is great. And he's like, and Dr. Kubota's like, yeah, well, he finished his moon project, and he never listens to anything I say anyways, and he did link himself up to the Mega Silver suit already. So, like... Yes, he right. is in. He's in the club. Like this, he's this your... is less about Doctor Kubota being on board with the idea of Mega Silver, and more him just like acknowledging the reality of the situation that he's in, and kind of being browbeaten into it. Yeah. So, 
<laughs> so he says, like, listen, Kenta, just go find Dr. Hayakawa, a.k.a. Yusuke, uh, and, like, bring... Because the thing is that Dr. Kubota never refers to him by his first name. He only ever calls him by his family name. Um, but I don't like switching back and forth while we're doing the episode. But every time I talk about Dr. Kubota referring to Mega Silver in his human guise, I never know which name to say. So I just stick with Yusuke and feel weird about it. Oh, that wasn't going anywhere. I was, was going to say, I don't have a way to come back from that, man. You really got out in the weeds on that one. Uh, on this, so on this Hayakawa surname thing. Uh, Miku follows because <laughs> they needed to have more than one person be part of this plot. Um... And they find him, and he is having a different appointment with a different doctor, like, two hallways over. Yeah. So they sort of, like, they overhear him as they're approaching the door. And he's talking with this doctor, and the doctor says, listen, I'm really sorry. The results are bad. There's nothing that can... Hayakawa's like, there can't, isn't there anything we can do? And he says, listen, the doctor says, he's like, listen, man, there are just like, there are limits to medical science. I'm really sorry. There's nothing I can do about it. So immediately, yeah. my very first thought, this is what I just, my notes say, please, please, please be about something super dumb. My, this was my desperate hope was that it was about him losing his hair. Oh, that would have been funny. It would have been so good. Because first of all, it should be said, Dr. Hayaka. So Dr. Kubota is bald. Dr. Hayakawa is A, much younger, and B, has a great head of hair. And if this whole thing had been about... Because it's obviously... It's very clearly not about him actually dying. Right. But of course, Kenta and Miku immediately believe that it is. Yeah. Not, I mean, yes, of course. Like, obviously. Um, it, it's it's not about his hair. I'm very, very disappointed to report. Uh, but that would have been really amazing. So he goes back and forth with the doctor. The doctor says, like, listen, you should just focus on, like, you know, doing the best with the time you with the time you have. Um, you know, all that stuff. Stuff that is, like, vague and can be translated the wrong way. Right. Um, Yusuke's going to, like, leave the exam room. The other two scatter, but, like, Miku doesn't quite get far enough away, because when he walks out, he sees her there. And she says, like, oh my gosh, I was listening, I heard everything, I'm so sorry, like, are you okay? And they have a conversation that, again, never specifically says, I think that you are dying, and him agreeing, like, oh, yes, I am definitely dying. Yeah. They just they are say both like referring to a problem and the fact that, like, he's doing his best to deal with it. Yeah, he's like, I haven't given up, but please don't. And again, this could still totally be about losing your hair. 100%. Yeah, and so he's like, I haven't given up, but, like, please don't tell anybody. I don't want anybody to know. And they're like, we promise. But they're both very sad. And then he leaves. And they turn to each other like, I can't believe it. Like, what can we do? Like, what are we going to do? Our dear our dear friend and, like, cool bro, Dr. Hayakawa, is dying. Whatever. What are we going to do? Yeah. And they're speculating, like, man, maybe this is why he hasn't been coming back to Earth to, like, help us as much recently. Because... Oh, they did mention it, that earlier. Like, his, his, like... like 
Yeah. Like, his body just can't handle it. He's kind of, you know, he's slowing he's down. Because he's so ancient and decrepit. <laughs> <laughs> the ripe old age of, like, what, what is he supposed to be, like, 29? So as they're agonizing over this, an alarm goes off, and Mantis Nezere is attacking the Earth again. He's oh, just no. sort of, like, swinging <clears throat> lasers around. He's not doing anything special, but they got to go deal with him. Yeah. Nezalar. Mantis Nezalar. Sorry, I'm still getting used right. to that. So um, we flip up to the moon real quick. Kubota runs into Hayakawa. He sees that Hayakawa has a folder, and he's like, what's going on with you, man? And he's like, why aren't you rushing to Earth to fight the monster that's currently like, attacking our beloved planet? Right. He's like, oh, uh, it's, I, I will. I'm going to go down right now. And he's like, something's up. He's like, no, nothing's up. Something's up. Um, he's like, it's nothing. Leave me alone. And then they leave. So we pop down. We get a quick fight. And um, the thing about Mantis Nezalar is that he's very hard to beat because he's got those compound eyes and he can sort of see in every he can see in every direction. And so he can yeah. keep track of all of them at once. And, and he's especially quick. And so, like, not only can he see in all directions, but he can, like, respond on that information in such a way to, like, basically keep anybody from being able to approach him. Yes. Um, that's a problem. And they're having a bad time fighting him. But then, up comes Kenta. Not Kenta, Yusuke. Kenta's also there, but that was implied with the earlier conversation. Yeah. So, he shows up. He henshins. And but he's not... Like, he's not doing great. And, like, they can sort of tell. They're like, dude, you look kind of, you know, you look kind of rough. Like, And then... Kenta and Miku specifically are like, dude, chill out. Like, we will handle this. Like, it's okay. Don't strain yourself. <laughs> right. He's like, no. <laughs> like, I, I must do it. I, I only have, like, you know, 30 seconds left. Like, I've got to make the use of this time. And he, like, charges in. And he does manage to score some really solid hits on uh, Mantis Nezalar. He, like, blows him up, but it, just in the sort of way that Mantis Nezalar, like, needs to leave now. Not in the way that he's actually destroyed. Yeah. But before he leaves, Mantis Nezalar is like, listen, um, I'm going to go, but I think I know your weakness. And the next like, I get time you, we... Like, you ne- yeah, next time we fight, it's going to go bad for you. So see you soon, bud. And then he leaves. So Kenta, Miku, super, super duper worried. We flip back to the Nezalar dimension, and they're kind of browbeating. Uh, I was about to say Psycho Mantis, but no. That was a really lost opportunity. Had Metal Gear Solid come out at this point? Probably not. 97? Ooh, it was right around here. Anyway, so they are um, berating him. They're like, what's going on? And you ran away, and why did you do all of this stuff? And 1998. Ah. Anyways, like, what's going on? And he says, listen, um, this was a tactical retreat because I figured out that Mega Silver's only got two and a half minutes. So, you know, Dave, I don't think he actually tells them what the weakness is. I think he just says, like, I have the weakness. Oh, and you're right. next time I'm totally going to win. No, no, no. But yeah, I think he's, like, totally keeping right. that in his back pocket because he wants to, I don't know, he wants to, impre- like, impress his boss. From there, we head down to the Digital Research Club. Digital Research Club. And 
Kenta and Miku are asking some very weird questions. They're saying, listen, Chisato, fellow high school student, I don't know why you wouldn't find like an adult, but whatever. If someone you really cared about was about to die and you knew, what would you do? And she says, well, you got to make memories. Like you have to make memories with this person. This is the most important thing. Kuchu rolls up. Yeah, Kuchu is like, listen, memories are good, but the most important thing is for, like, that person to feel loved. Like, loved by, like, friends and family. Like, make sure that when they pass, like, they know that they are loved. Now, I'm going to take Shun's advice on this one, because Shun, I think, is the only one that determinately has a dead family member, because we know his mom is dead. And he says, no, those things are good. But the really important thing is that you make their dreams come true as much as possible before they die. And then we get into like a little round robin about like which person is the more important. But Kenta and Miku, for maybe the first time in their lives, Kenta definitely, have taken a bunch of notes on this. Mm-hmm. They're like, okay, we got it. Love, memories, dreams come true. If someone's dying, this is the best thing you can do. Like, let's go make it happen. You know what would be interesting is to go back and watch that episode where they all got poisoned and they thought they were all about to die. And see if those things line. Like, I remember in that episode, Shun was like, okay, well, I need to make, I need to achieve my dream. I have today to do it. I'm going to put together a, like, gallery showing of my computer art. Um... And he ended up being dissatisfied by it. But, like, in the moment, that's that it was what he his was dream. interested in. And that is what he's talking about now. Now, I don't actually remember what the other two did. Um, I think Kuichiru was just, like, trying to solve the problem, actually. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because that's what he loves to do, Matt. That's true. That's true. So we go up, back to the moon. And we see Yusuku, he's in his lab, he's examining the Mega Silver suit, and Kenta and Miku roll in, and they have brought a whole dinner. There appears oh, yeah, it's to not be like some a room service, of, like, rolly cart. Yeah, there appears to be some sort of alcohol, I don't know where they acquired that, and they're like, hey, we brought you this amazing, delicious dinner, which makes sense, Yusuku is a foodie, we determined this already, mm-hmm. Kenta says it's super healthy. It's very good for you. Organic vegetables from my garden. Or like the, the family store, rather. And they're like, and so he's like, um, cool, guys. Thanks, I guess. And he starts to sit down to eat. And then they turn to each other. And in like a stage was really like, oh, we have to make memories. Get the picture. And they go and set up a whole tripod. Yeah, they, they, have like they the take little... a selfie 1997 style, which is they set up a tripod with a camera with a timer. And they're like, oh, yeah, love. And then Miku turns to him and she's like, Yusuku, do you have a girlfriend? And you see, I can see the terror. On Yusuku's face when he hears Miku ask him this. There's like this brief moment where he's like, oh no, this high school girl is about to ask me if she can be my girlfriend. This is not what happens. He's no. like, oh no, yeah, I no. did. M- Miku wants to know if he has a girlfriend because she wants to know if he is currently in a state in his life where he is feeling loved. Yes. And he's like, oh, no, like, you know, we broke up a few years ago. 
And she's like, do you have any family? Like anything? <laughs> and he's at this point completely nonplussed. He has no idea what's happening. And Kent is like, will you be my big brother? And he's like, man, uh, yeah, what? sure, Kenta, I guess. Like, and, and Miku hops in and says like, yes, consider us to be your family or loved ones. <laughs> I just I love her phrasing of it. So they he's like, listen guys, this is very nice, but I I like I do have stuff that I'm I literally was in the middle of a thing, so could rain check guys, like for sure, rain check. Could we could we please chill out like, though? Yes, you should do your work. You should you should achieve the dream of doing your work. And then they don't leave the room. They just stand like a few feet away from him and like applaud and cheer as he types things into a computer. <laughs> and then they both they both start to cry and uh miku pulls out like a charm of protection and then they get a nizzler alert yusuku is stoked he's like this is awesome timing like this is fantastic and they're like no it's terrible timing you stay here and protect yourself and then they just grab him and shove him in a closet and drag a desk in front of it he, he has no idea what's happening. They're out. And then we go back. We get down to Earth. Yeah. On Earth, a fight is happening. You know, uh, Kenta and Miku arrive. It's not going great. They aren't able to turn the tide because, of course, the problem they were having before is still happening with them just not really being able to get a hit in on this guy. Yeah. Up on the moon... Yusuku is able to, like, shove the door open. You know, like, get the desk out of the way. Shove the door open. And he's like, what the heck was going on with those guys? And he, and then he sees the little, like, uh, protect, protection charm. And what it is, and this is not something I have any sort of, like, uh, cultural understanding of. So I'm just going to sort of describe what it is. It's like this little envelope that has, like, a written down wish inside of it. And he opens it up and he sees what she's written down, which is like, please help my friend Yusuke, like, you know, with his great illness. Yeah. And and then he puts it together. He's like, oh, they misunderstood the thing before. They think I'm sick. Like, okay, I get it. He, like, smiles. He's like, okay, let's, okay. Like, now we're going to go and deal with this situation. So he pumps down, and now he's he's in the mix, and so they're fighting, and Mantis, as soon as he sees him, starts a timer that he has had cybernetically installed in his shoulder. Sure. Right on. I guess that's an option if you're a psycho Mantis Nizzler. And uh, so Yusuku, like jumps in he starts fighting mantis nezalar uh the other rangers are about to jump in but the kune kune arrive and they are keeping keeping the other rangers busy and mantis nezalar is basically just trying to run out the clock yeah he's like you know instead of facing mega silver he's like dodging out of the way and then from out of the shadows he like he has turned his scythe into, like, a boomerang, and that boomerang is also, like, a thing that can wrap around Mega Silver, and also it has a time bomb on it. And he's like, listen, I have you now wrapped up in my scythe time bomb um, handcuff restraint. Um, 
And here's what's going to happen is uh, in like, you know, in one minute, you're going to stop being mega silver because I have figured out I've like run back and like watched the game footage of all of your uh, appearances. And I know that it lasts only two and a half minutes. Uh, and so in two, in one minute and one second after you have transformed back into a guy, uh, that thing's going to blow up and you're going to die because it's just going to be your stupid human body and not your strong mega silver body. So, uh, see you never, uh, peace out, goodbye. Which, I, let me just say, uh, I love this plan. Super good. I am super, like, it's a very good plan. I'm super duper into it. I really like Mantis Nezlar here. So, the other rangers see this drama, and they're like, we'll save you. And he's like, no, stay back. And they're like, no, we need to save you. And he's like, no, stay back. Um, this goes on longer than you think it would. This goes, yeah, just way longer than you would think it does. Um, now there is a, I'm going to, I want to circle back to this in a mo. So basically the thing explodes. We don't see mega silver. He's like, ha ha ha. I've killed mega silver. And then mega silver shows up. Hooray. And they're all blown away. And they're like, how is this possible? And, and he also, says, oh, Me- Mega Silver's suit is different. Is it? I did not notice. Oh, the like the line of squares that go like horizontally across the chest previously had been like this sort of like green wire outline thing. Mm-hmm. And now they're like solid black. Like he oh, has upgraded nice. the okay. suit. It is no longer the prototype suit. This is now like a full mega silver suit, apparently. You know, that's pretty dope. Um, I yeah, I had totally totally missed that. Wow. That's, uh, it's so not anyways, super obvious. Uh, so he grabs the own. He grabs like the razor boomerang and he throws it back at Net, at uh, Mantis Nesselar, which is great. And always makes me think of the Juggernaut video where they double over the thing. Whenever somebody does that, the only line, I just think of the line like, hit you with your own pimp. And it's funny and I laugh. Wow, that is, boy, that is old internet right there. It sure is. It sure is. That's some classic internet right there, man. Um, anyway, so Yusuke's totally, they, and then there's like, they, he goes giant and they summon Mega Voyager and then they kill him. Yeah, like, at this point, the, the episode goes the way that these episodes go. Yeah, so we... Yusuku, of course, is completely fine. They're down in the Digital Research Club. And... He, like, shows them his folder of medical results. Like, yeah. see, I have a clean bill of health. I am fine. Like, everything's cool. They're like, well, what were you... What was going on? He's just like, I just didn't want you to tell anybody because I was cons- I was worried about getting everybody's hopes up if I wasn't able to solve the time limit problem with the suit. Like, I was just kind of playing it close to my vest. And Miku and Kenta are like, Kenta's like, I knew it. I was just going along with Miku. And Miku's like, yeah, that, no, you were definitely crying. You were crying. I was crying. We were both crying. Yusuku is touched appropriately. Yeah. And <laughs> and then we see Dr. Kubota on like the video on the telecall and he's like, Hayakawa, why are you always hiding things from me? Like, why didn't you just tell me what you were working on? I am your boss. Right. Like, what else are you hiding? And Yusuke uh, was like, uh, nothing. Absolutely nothing. I'm not hiding anything. And everyone is like, that is obviously not true. And Which then, I think it's, as I'm episode, excited about. 
Yeah, as the episode is ending, in like the, you know, see you next week moment, uh, it just has like a picture of a spaceship we've never seen before that is clearly of Mega Ranger design. Yeah. Like, oh, like, I guess he's building another spaceship on the moon and didn't tell anybody. I love it. I don't know how he got the budget approved if uh, Dr. Kubota doesn't know about it, but I guess we'll find out next week or later than that. Yeah, I feel like Dr. Hayakawa seems to have, like, a pretty discretionary budget. Yeah. I mean, you know, he does good work, Dave. Okay, so that's the end of the episode. But it is, of course, not the end of our episode. Because first, we need to determine where Mantis Nezalar lands in the Creature Royale. Okay. I, I like this dude. I feel like he has a cool plan. I like that he is, like, very focused, right? Like, this is not a destroy the Earth plan. This is not even a destroy the Rangers plan. This is, like, I'm going to get Mega Silver. Right. I'm going to murder that guy, and I have a good plan for how to do it. And he does have a good plan for how to do it, and he looks cool. He He looks looks very cool. I mean, listen, he kind of looks like Scyther the Pokemon, but Scyther looks cool, so... He's cool. Yeah, I was going to say, Scyther is like a crazy, he's got like giant blades, well, he has scythe hands. I was going to say blade hands, but they are very specifically scythes. Yeah, so I got no problem with that. So I I am, okay, so he's not Pig Nezere. No. But he's like right in like Toad B Psycho Lion Nezere, in my mind. I just, I'm really, again, I'm really struck by, and I think it's really cool, that he has a very specific plan, like, I'm going to take out this one dude. Yeah. Which I don't think we've ever seen before, of, like, I'm going to, like, we've seen plans where it ends up, like, you know, impacting one ranger more than another ranger, for example. But I don't ever recall seeing a plan where, like, I'm going to take out, there was one in... O Ranger, where they where they specifically target Mega Pink, or um O Pink. Oh yeah yeah yeah, with like a weird Napoleonic, hallucinating well, yeah. time traveler. Yeah, obviously. I think I mean, that, that was just one of those classic stories. Um, here's the thing, though, is. As I was remembering that episode where they all got poisoned and thought they were going to die, I remember that Poison Moth Nazare is really good. Oh, man. Yeah, that's right. Poison Moth Nazare, Poison Moth Nazare is really, really good. So, like, random... And Cicada Nazare actually is also really good. Yeah. Yeah. Ooh, um, okay. What about Termite Nazare? Okay, I think he's cooler than Termite Nazare. Just to be certain... I'm going to look up a picture of Termite Nezere so that I remember who that is and what they could do. Oh, Termite Nezere was like a swarm, like it was like a swarm of termites that was like eating up the city and making buildings collapse. Ooh, that is cool, but it's also pretty cool. Mm. Okay, here's the thing. That is cool, but it's it's a cool take on a plan we've seen a bunch of times before. So I'm going to say I like I like 
Mantis Nezalar better than Termite Nezare. I think arguably better than Cicada Nezare, but but below Poison Moth Nezare. Okay, I'm comfortable with that. All right, so he comes in at the new a lot of bugs spot on a row right nine. there. Yeah, that is a lot of bugs right in a row, isn't it? Actually, a lot of bugs in general because we got an we have an antlion, a bee, a moth, a mantis, a cicada, a termite, a shrimp, which is basically a bug that lives in the ocean. Yeah, a lot of bugs. And then scorpion, right down at the bottom. Scorpion Nezare, the non-monster. Oh, yeah. Which I... Not an insect, still definitely a bug. Oh, sure. For sure. Uh, Okay. So that then, Dave, unless I've uh, forgotten any important details, is going to do it for this episode of The Spy Who Loved Mega Ranger. And that, Dave, unless I have forgotten any major details, is going to do it for this episode of The Spy Who Loved Mega Ranger. Before we finish up here, I'd just like to remind you all that you can email the show at supersentaibrothers at gmail.com. If you want to get any updates on future episodes or check out the things that we're talking about on Twitter, we are at supersentaibros. If you like the show, and I hope that you do, please remember that shining in the iTunes review section, there are five stars. If you'd like to rate and review on there, that would be swell of you. The Super Sentai Brothers are a production of Retrograde Orbit Radio. If you'd like to listen to any of the other great Retrograde Orbit Radio shows, you can find them all at RetrogradeOrbitRadio.com. Once again, we are the Super Sentai Brothers. I'm Matt. I'm Dave. And we'll see you next week for the greatest show on Earth. Mega.